You're listening to the Habitology Podcast with Melanie White, and today's episode is called Pull Marketing, Attracting Clients with Confidence. And this is a really important topic. I was asked recently by somebody for some tips on how to ask clients to work with you or how to engage people in a sales process. You do all this work to become visible and recognised and then you have this kind of uncomfortable feeling that, oh, now I've got to ask people to buy from me or for money. And I really want to flip that on its head. So this episode covers what I call a coaching approach to attracting clients with confidence and creating clients with ease. Now, I bet you're saying, yes, please. That's what you want, right? So let's dive in and say, well, firstly, what is pull marketing? I use this concept and it really means creating a demand for your services or products rather than pushing them onto people. So if you look up pull marketing on the internet, you'll find a definition, something like that. So you're getting people to come to you rather than trying to convince them to buy, which obviously sounds really appealing as a business owner, right? Because nobody likes to feel like they're pressuring people. The great thing is that if you're a coach, you are perfectly equipped with the coaching skills that can help you to do this really easily. All you need to do is, as I said just now, flip your thinking and redefine the way you think about that icky and uncomfortable thing we call marketing and sales. Call it something else. Call it client attraction or even maybe pull marketing is better or something like that. But if you can flip your idea about talking to clients and make it more comfortable and use your coaching skills, you're definitely going to succeed. And so the essence of pull marketing from a coaching perspective is that you're speaking with conviction about your why and you're focusing on being aspirational and inspirational and you're either building or tapping into a community around that. So you're really using the tenets of positive psychology here and then you match your values and your services to the people who really need them. That helps you to qualify the right people to work with. And then you get to offer them support through a journey of change, if and when they're ready to take that journey. I've described it in previous podcasts as making friends, and it kind of is like that. But in this episode, I want to walk you through a rough four-step process that I use and that others have used and that really works. So here's my four-step pull marketing process. Step one is to start with the why. Pull marketing starts with clearly communicating your big why and even then your bigger mission on earth. The reason why your business exists, the reason why you get out of bed, what your long-term aspirations are. And to really unpack those things as part of your content marketing. So when you're on LinkedIn or Facebook or Instagram or podcasts or whatever it is that you're doing, live workshops or webinars, You're leading with a why. Why am I here? You're reminding yourself of what got you passionate about this business idea of yours in the first place. And you're dragging people along with you. The why naturally speaks to a huge problem that people want to solve. Lack of confidence, fear, isolation, self-doubt, excess weight, whatever it is. It paints an aspirational picture of what's actually possible and what we can achieve together. People see themselves in those stories 
and they become part of a shared vision. So when you're speaking to the why, it really ignites the fire in people who are thinking about change but afraid of change. And just on that, you know, a lot of people say no to things because they don't believe in themselves. It's not you, it's them. They can't back themselves. But your why is a kryptonite for their fear and yours. By really speaking in a confident, inspirational way and with a sense of conviction, you're going to attract people who are on the same page as you. You're going to help them to become readier to change. They're going to sit up and take notice. Your inspirational and aspirational why-based approach gives them a sense of hope, of potential, and that you're a leader who can help them. So it's really a powerful, magnetic, attractive force. It helps you to refocus on what's important to you as well. It helps you to show up for your business, even if you're fearful or worried about securing clients or, or self-doubt. The why is bigger than all of us. Focusing on that and talking passionately about it is so important, and that's step number one. Step number two in pull marketing is that you need to have a vehicle for engagement. And what I mean by this is when you're communicating your why and your content, people are going to be attracted to you. They're going to reach out to you and say, hey, I love that post you did or that really resonates with me or yes, I totally get it. And they're going to follow you perhaps. And they're going to want to engage with you more personally as they become readier and readier to change and therefore readier to buy. They're going to want to stay connected with you because it feels good to be around you because they're so inspired. And they may not be ready to buy yet. Without any sort of vehicle for engagement, you've just got a whole bunch of people out there randomly interacting with you without any consistency. So you can give them a place to go to stay in touch. It could be a regular meetup group. Renee Hasseldine does this really well, or Hasseldine, I should say, for her um, business uh, models business. She has a regular meetup, which is a great option to a Facebook alternative to a Facebook group. Or you could also set up a LinkedIn group or even just a basic email list or some other container to stay connected with like-minded people who want to be near you. They want to be part of the community and they want to have ownership. If they can co-create it with you, that's going to be even better. And this is the coaching way. So invite people to join you and be part of something that you create together. Then it's not all about you and your ownership and your management of a group. The wizards of tribes and groups say that it's better if the community actually runs itself. And that's not you needing to show up and direct everybody. It's all of you working together in a collaborative way. As a coach, you know how to do that. It's part of your skill set. So create that container somehow. Create that community that they have some ownership in and some, some responsibility. And then within that container, you can speak more to the journey that they're on and help them solve to day -to -day, the day-to-day -day problems they're facing and get peer support. Be really authentic. Speak to the obstacles and the wins. Celebrate what's working and support people who are struggling and keep that positive momentum going. Now think about your positively focused community. 
that group of people is going to become problem aware. They're going to be really aware of the problem that they have, that they're in there for, and it's and how it plays out for them. And they're going to become aware of solutions. And they're going to become equipped to evaluate how important it is for them to change and how ready they are to change. Now, this is a key thing. You can give too much away in a group, and I'm not talking about giving away all of your secrets and your program. I'm talking about helping people with the day-to-day -day things and them getting peer support. But ultimately, people who really want to change need more personal and focused attention and support to be consistent. And that's where you can start making offers, but we'll talk about that a bit later. So step two is to just to create that community for like-minded people to get support from you and each other along the way. A great example of this is Sarah Rusbatch's Facebook for grey area drinking. So people who are thinking about becoming sober, go into that group and get daily support from her and the peers in the group. So you might be thinking, well, maybe they won't need me. You bet they will. If the problem is big enough, they're going to need additional support in, ter in terms of um, not just what's within the community. And that's where step three comes in is where you get to add more value. So with the help of the content that you're creating in steps one and two, speaking about the why and what's important, what are the benefits of change and what could be the changes that you could make in the world and then bringing people into that group and helping them to work through some of their day-to-day -day challenges, some of the people in those two audiences are going to become more ready to change and will start actually preparing to change. They'll be inspired and motivated. You don't want to leave them hanging. You've got so much more value to add. And from there, your next step can be to add some kind of event into the mix, a workshop or a webinar or something like that, where they get to work with you on a more intimate level. It could be free or it could be paid. But in that session, you would start by unpacking your why related to their problem, introduce them to how you help people solve that problem, what sorts of processes have worked for you and your clients, and really what you're selling in that session, what you're providing, the value that you're giving is a support to walk people through a four-step process or a three-step process or a five-step process or formula to get from point A to point B. It's actually the how that people need help with, and that's a process thing. They need to get help with the how so they can get the result they want. So what you're selling them ultimately when you make an offer eventually is I'm going to support you to get there by helping you to work out how. That's the question everyone has. How do I do it? They know if they do it, they will get a result. It's the how that they're stuck with. So when you deliver that service, that workshop or webinar, engage the audience and make them part of it. Make sure that what you're talking about is specific and relevant to them. And right up front, I recommend that you let them know that toward the end of the session, you'll let people who are interested in getting more help with some options of how to work with you if they want to. No pressure, but if they want more help and they're ready to do something now, you'll have something there for them. And if not, that's okay too. So you can see now we're not forcing people to buy. We're helping them. We're adding value. We're being passionate. We're pulling them along, helping them make change, helping them to become readier to change and buy. 
And that last step, the most important one is to make a SMART offer. And I'm using the, the acronym SMART that we know from coaching. You always have to have an offer at the event at the end of any event. And, and I have a caveat on that too, which I'll explain shortly. But even in your regular marketing, you need to be making offers of some kind to your general audience. So don't just save your offers for these webinars or events. Make them otherwise. Tell everybody that you've got something coming up. Remember I said earlier, people often don't back themselves or trust themselves or have the confidence that they can succeed. And that's why your offer is so important. If you don't make an offer, they don't have a way of working with you and they won't succeed. That's the truth. Some people are going to get enough out of your free community and that's fine, but they're going to tell other people about that community if they're getting value from it. And when they really need help, who do you think they're going to turn to? It'll be you. So let's talk about the offer that you make at the end of an event or on a regular basis generally in your marketing. It's your vehicle to help people to find the confidence and support they need on a big journey. And I like to formulate the offer essentially like a SMART goal. And by the way, I'm going to patent this idea. I think it's brilliant if I do say so myself. So look, think about the elements of SMART. We're going to turn them into how to craft an offer. Firstly, you need to be specific about the problem that you're helping people with and the type of people who have that problem. They need to be able to identify themselves in the language. If you're saying women over 50, that's everybody, right? If you say women over 50 who have just been diagnosed with diabetes, that's really specific. And you could be even more specific by talking about teachers who are over 50 and have diabetes if you wanted to. But being specific about the problem and the person helps them to go, oh, hey, that's me. So S is that first part of the offer. The next part of the SMART acronym is measurable. And there are two measurable elements in your offer. How long it is, for example, is it an eight-week program or something else? And the other part is how many people do you have capacity to work with? It's not a free-for-all. Maybe you've only got space for five clients in the next month. Be straight up about that. Don't say it's open to everybody at any time. It sounds like you've got no clients and people are going to wonder why not. Create some urgency and some limitation so it's clear that it's not for everybody but for people who are really ready. It's this amount of time and there are only this many places available. And that's it. You're setting a boundary around your time and you're helping make them make their decision easier. The A is for actions, and there are actions that people need to take. These have to be defined in your offer. For example, if you're going to succeed, you need to be committed to attending weekly sessions and doing X, Y, and Z. So you need to be clear about what actions they must take within this offer, within this program. And you also might want to talk about actions that you will take to help them overcome their obstacles and objections. So you might talk about your step-by-step four-part process that will help people to solve hunger and cravings and blah, 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 those sorts of things. Then you've got realistic results. So that's the R in the SMART goal. People aren't going to buy 
or they're going to be suspicious of huge promises. And what you can do is talk about realistic results that people will get if they take the actions. So remember, we just talked about the actions that people must be committed to taking. That's essential for success in a coaching program. It's all about taking action. And then what are the outcomes that those actions will generate? For example, having a bigger impact, being a role model for their kids, um, being able to create new relationships, whatever it is. So you're talking about the actions that they'll take first and then the realistic results they can get if they take them. Backing this up with case studies, testimonials and your own experience is fine to set the scene. And the last part, the T in the SMART goals, is the timing of the offer. They need to contact you by a specific date. If you don't put a date on there, nothing will happen. There's no trigger for them to act. Think of the habit loops that people have. There's always a trigger at the start. And you need to let them know that it's going to start on a specific date or in a specific week. So they've got an amount of time to decide, is this right for me and is this right for me right now? So you've given them some clear boundaries and guidelines. That's the SMART acronym, the specific problem they have and who, two measurable elements, how long your offer is and how much capacity you have to work with people, the actions that they need to take in the program and that you will take to help them, the realistic results they'll get if they take the actions, and then the timing of the offer, just to recap those, the date that they must let you know by. From there, you also need some specific steps mapped out that clearly instruct them on what to do to inquire or take up the offer. For example, if you're interested in this program and want to know more, book a, book a good fit call with me by Friday the 13th. For me, I always have a good fit, good fit call to see if the person is truly ready to change and if they're a fit for working with me. You might have a different sort of criteria, but that's what works for me. And if they're interested, great. If they're not interested, it might be not the right time or not the right offer. And if they aren't a fit, you can refer them to someone or something else. But in either case, you can still offer anybody, even if they're not interested, the value of ongoing connection with you in your LinkedIn group, in your meetup group, on your email list, in your community. You can share blogs, podcasts and information with them, inspire them. And you can invite them to share the message with others who do need the encouragement and confidence to navigate the journey right now. So you can see when it comes to making an offer, ultimately, if they decide to join your program and you've got specific action steps for what to do next to do that, that's great. But the other things that could happen are it's not right for them or not they're not interested or it's not the right time. And you can still help them by referring them to someone else or inviting them to join your community. So you get to win and they get to win no matter what. There's never a no with this formula. And I think that's a really important thing because you're maintaining the connection and you're doing it with real integrity. You're not pushing anybody. You're pulling them. So let's talk about getting it right. I've talked about the SMART method, which works for me and others. And your courage to do this, to make the offer, to speak about it, to talk about your passions and your bigger why, 
That's where it comes from, actually, is your bigger why, the thing that you must do no matter what. That's the kryptonite for your fears, and it's the thing that brings other people to you. If you can engage people in your why and share your dream with them and co-create a vision with them and a community that they want to be part of, you will both be able to put the fear of marketing and sales aside and focus on making a change and creating a movement and and making a difference. So just to summarise, attracting clients and selling programs is a big challenge for a lot of coaches. There are mental and emotional hurdles and often limiting beliefs that stand in the way. Your courage to find clients, to inspire them, to connect with them and to make offers is born from your bigger why, the thing that you must do no matter what. And pull marketing as a strategy that leverages your why and your coaching skills and your strengths. The four-step process I shared today to put pull marketing into action and to attract more clients is to start with the why as the focus for all of your content or most of it. Then to create a vehicle to engage with people where you can dive deeper into the what, the day-to-day stuff they're going through. Then you can add more value still by offering events that truly help the people who are becoming ready to change, a webinar or a workshop or something like that. And then making a smart offer using that smart formula that we know as coaches that really helps people to connect with you so that they can benefit from your skills, ability and support to navigate the journey of change. I feel ready to buy this thing and it doesn't even exist. Like, I just know how powerful this is and I hope that you will give it a go and put it into action. I'm really keen to know how it works for you. Thanks for listening today. We're nearly at Christmas and this is a perfect time to talk about attracting clients because everybody's ready to do something in the new year. So start mapping this out now. Thanks for listening. Have a fantastic Christmas and I'll see you next week. Bye for now.